You're listening to the Stormcast, the official podcast of the Omaha Storm Chasers, proud AAA affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. High fly ball driven deep to left field. It is long gone. Outside corner, ring him up, called strike three. Here's your host, the voice of the Storm Chasers, Nick Batters. Welcome into the latest edition of the Stormcast, the official podcast of the Omaha Storm Chasers, presented by the Sarpy County Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, the voice of the Omaha Storm Chasers, Nick Batters. We continue through the 2023 season, bouncing between the players and the support staff here with the Omaha Storm Chasers. Today's guest is the third-year strength and conditioning coach for your Omaha Storm Chasers, Yannick Plant. Yannick, appreciate you taking the time to join us on the Stormcast. I think this episode may fall under the umbrella of guests Jake Eisenberg wished he had brought on. But I'm the one that gets to, to talk to you today. Appreciate the time. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you, Nick. Uh, I actually did do like a, a pre-game show with Jake, so he probably spent five to ten minutes with me. But uh, this one will be a little longer. We'll so get to, he to might dive in a little more. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. But there have been a few this year where uh, Jake texted me afterwards. He's like, man, that's an episode I should have done because I, I had Minda on and I talked with Alex, who's who's been designing our specialty jerseys. And, and today you're in the hot seat. How's the 2023 season been for you? I mentioned your, your third year with the Storm Chasers. I mean, you've been with the, the Royals for a while, but your third year here at Warner Park? Yeah, every year uh, is a new set of challenges, but obviously being here for my uh, for my third year, I'm getting used to uh, some of the staff members, the environment, some of the cities we go to. So uh, I gained a little bit of the knowledge. I feel more comfortable. And so it's been really great so far. Uh, happy that we got to check out some new spots like Nashville and Gwinnett this year. Those yeah. were really fun. I hadn't had the chance to do those, but overall I'd say it's been really, really good. What is your favorite visiting ballpark, but also your favorite visiting city? Because I know those two can be different. Yeah, honestly, Honestly, we, we've been talking about this a little bit, but Columbus is always a really exciting time for whatever reason. Uh, I've been there before not working, and I've always thought that the city was really pretty. And now being there and working there for weeks, I just that confirms everything about that place. So uh, that's one of the spots that I really enjoy, both for the park and the city. Other than that, there, there's a lot of really nice places. Like Nashville was a really cool experience. Indianapolis is always fun. We can't complain, for sure. What do you like about being here in Omaha? Um, I like the new renovations a lot, actually. Uh, so the weight room's a lot bigger than it was in years past, and uh, that's allowed me to do my job at an even better level. I like the drive from home to work as well. It gives me a little bit of time to reflect, to uh, call some people, listen to a podcast. Uh, so I live about 20 minutes away from the stadium, and uh, it's been great. And you're an avid listener of the Stormcast, so, so long-time listener, first-time caller here. Yeah, I guess so. I've uh, I've listened to, to quite a few episodes. Some of the players, I'll chat to them about it afterwards if they said something funny or whatnot. Um, um, I listened to Liz not too long ago. Dave's yeah. was a really good one too. So it's good to, to you know poke at some of the guys that have been on. I'm sure I'll get the, I'll be on the receiving end of things this time around. Oh yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the renovations uh, this past off season. A lot of work was done back in the home clubhouse to bring it up to the PDL standards. My understanding is you had a little bit of a role in helping shape what the the weight room became. Kind of take us through where was it and where it is now. What kind of impact you had there? Yeah, I can't take too much credit for it, but I was definitely involved in the process at some point. Uh, so they. Did decided to turn the former players lounge, uh, take a wall down and, and incorporate that into the weight room. And so I got to see the first looks of, of how big the room would be. And then some of the different outlets and TVs where we would want to put that considering it was going to change a little bit. And since we got a little bit more room, I was able to add a little bit of equipment as well. Like I said, very happy with the, the way it's been and our guys seem to enjoy it too. 
what kind of an impact does that make for them? And whether it's from a, a personal standpoint, a player development standpoint, why was that important? I believe that every level that these players get through, they get access to a little bit more. And I don't want to talk negatively because I'm really happy with the way it turned out now. Yeah. But I believe that, you know, double A was a really, really good setup for them. And some people might have been disappointed when they get to triple A and they, they might have seen big league weight rooms before. And it probably just wasn't up to par at that point. And so being able to go through that now, uh, there's a lot of positive that come with it. It just kind of flows really nicely in, in the players' development. So yeah, every year that I've been here, we've got more equipment, uh, more room, and more access to, to different technology. Uh, so we can see the results on the field too, for sure. What kind of feedback were you getting from the players when they first got here at the start of the season? They were excited. I could yeah. see it in their face. Like, oh, wow, you, you pulled this out? And I was like, I can't take credit for this. But uh, no, it's it's just, it feels right for this level. I always want more. <laughs> so Never enough. Yeah, I get, I'm uh, never satisfied, think? but uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised as well. I came in the off season uh, to remove some of the equipment before they took it down. And I came here a couple days early before uh, the start of the season to put it all back together, and I was I was pleased myself. So when you say putting it all back together, kind of laying out the the the, the I guess the orientation of, of where things are. What is your thought process in trying to to organize everything? Yeah, if you go in there, you'll see that there's a dedicated possibly stretch and and cardio or conditioning area. Um, the middle is more squat rack heavy, uh, some of the bigger equipment pieces. And on the side, there's a little bit more room for free weights, um, hex dead, some of the cable exercises that we do as well. So I kind of compartmentalize these three different rooms and knowing some of the exercises, how much room they take, if it's going to be something that's explosive, um, giving a little bit more room to each of those different areas. And it's an always evolving process. I might wake up a morning and decide that I want to c- completely flip it upside down. Uh, I'm not sure how much time you spent in Arizona, but in that weight room and in the surprise complex, we've turned that place around probably six times. Since yeah. Of, yeah, maybe even more, honestly. We'll take some things outside, bring them back in. Uh, flip it upside down, but it's always fun. Keeps it fresh. I mean, that's part of what this is, right? I mean, you can never stay satisfied or, or feel like you're in the perfect spot. There's always going to be evolution, especially with what you're doing on the strength and conditioning side. Correct. It's a, it's a growing field. Uh, every year we learn something new or we try to apply it in a different way, see what worked in the previous year, see what didn't work and try to make changes. Uh, so you always have to be humble, willing to learn and open to a lot of different things. So much to get to on this episode of the Stormcast. I want to touch on your background. I guess we can start with, take us through your day-to-day. I don't know how many people know what a strength and conditioning coach for a AAA team does. Sure. Uh, it's, it's always different, but I usually, the first thing is I like to wake up, do my, my daily morning routine, and then get a workout in myself yeah. uh, to try to keep up with these guys. Uh, and then once that's taken care of, I'll usually you know print my schedules, organize the weight room a little bit, set up some of their programs so that uh, when the guys get in, uh, we're ready to go. They'll usually go through some warm-up, movement prep, sort of foam rolling type of activities. And then uh, the guys that need to work out that day will do their workout. So they all have their individual sheet that I've written. It's usually one sheet a month, and it kind of has all the exercises that we would expect them to do. Um, During that time, we're collecting a little bit of information. Uh, We have force plates. Sometimes we'll do some body composition testing, some grip strength testing, uh, some hamstring strength testing. So there's a lot of numbers involved. And so that'll be the 
the first part of my day up until pitcher stretch. At that point, I just get the pitchers ready. Um, usually by the time I walk outside, they're already getting warmed up, as you've talked about in your podcast with the hacky sacks, the frisbees, the football, or any. There's always something going on. It feels <laughs> like there are five or six things going on at once. Yeah, it's, it's a little crazy at yeah. times. So, um, But yeah, we'll, we'll just pr- continue that kind of warm-up process. And after that, I'll, I'll get them to do the conditioning. So the guys that aren't working out with the weights will usually have some sort of running, whether it's sprints or some interval type stuff and after that uh, I'll do the same thing for the position players they'll get ready we'll have batting practice uh, and usually at home we have a little bit of a time gap after batting practice and the game so some of the players that are in the game uh, or some of them that had a bullpen session will do it at that time um, and then I get to enjoy the game I'm always looking out for things uh, me and Stolen would be conversing during the game uh, if we see something that we're not sure of that we'll want to talk to a player afterwards uh, pitchers, mechanics, um, just trying to collect as much information so we can have context uh, for the conversations we'll have with the guys either that night, the next day, um, so on and so forth. And after the game, it's a lot of computer work. Yeah. It's reporting to the different departments what each guy did that day. Like I said, what we saw, rinse and repeat. Yeah. You mentioned James Stone, our athletic trainer, and I'm sure he'll be a future guest on the Stormcast. Might be a little bitter that I got to you before him. <laughs> what is your relationship like with him? How much are you working hand in hand with what he does? A lot, actually. Communication in with the Royals is always really important, and we've made a point with the athletic trainers and the strength coaches to really, really stick together. And every year I've been here, I think uh, my relationship with Stone and the way we work together uh, has, has improved. And so it's it's always fun knowing how to poke him, how to prod him, how to get him going a little bit. And he does the same thing to me. Uh, but overall, I think we have... Um, we have a really good relationship. We're probably a little bit like good cop, bad cop sometimes. Um, and I think that works perfectly well. Um, so it allows me to be myself. And when I need to get on someone, someone could be kind of the other side yeah. and then vice versa. So um, I'm, I've been really, really pleased. And I'm really happy that Tony's here to help out as well um, for just an extra set of hands. Uh, obviously, with the, some of the Spanish-speaking players, he's been a huge help. And Liz, obviously, has been a lot of fun, too. She's been able to help us tremendously. We haven't had any French-speaking players yet, right? But you'll, you'll be ready? No, we have one with the Royals, and okay. he's in high currently, Eric Sarantola. Okay. So uh, I've talked to him in, in uh, spring training a little bit. We had a couple of other Canadians that knew a little bit of French, but uh, I'm still waiting on my first one. You mentioned your relationship with James Stone. I mean, it's been growing, I'd imagine, year to year. How much does it help when you're able to come back together for now three consecutive years working uh, in the same clubhouse? No doubt it helps. There's a comfort level every year. Like I said, every year that I've come back, I feel more comfortable in knowing that there's other people that have been here before and knowing how they work. It's the same thing with Dane, really, as a pitching coach. The first year, you're kind of just testing it out, seeing what he, how he wants certain uh, things done a certain way. And now I feel like we're, we're on cruise control and there's always conversations to be had and whatnot. But uh, ultimately, uh, the more consistent it is, the better it can be for everyone. And that goes with the players as well. Obviously, we want them to, to move up and get to the major leagues. Uh, but some of these players I've had for multiple years now, and I kind of know the routine. Uh, and so I can provide them a little bit a little bit of freedom, um, and I think they, they appreciate that. How cool is it to see the, the guys progress through the minor leagues, whether it's someone that you had in 2021, like a, like a Bobby Witt Jr., MJ Melendez, Nick Prado that are now playing every day in Kansas City, or those guys that you've seen grind for three years to eventually reach the major leagues. How, how special, how rewarding is that? That's probably the most rewarding part of, of the job. Um, I've been with the Royals since 2019, and we've talked about it before, but I was with the Burlington Royals, and we have quite a few players that have made it from there in rookie ball. A league that team that's- was loaded. 
promote it. Yeah, a team that technically doesn't even exist uh, as far as affiliated baseball uh, to now making it to the major leagues. Um, so there, there's a few names that come to mind. I probably won't name them all, but it's always really, really special uh, for some of these guys and to be able to uh, to share that moment with them. I mean, they deserve so much credit. Uh, so it, it, it's always fun. And that's the cool part about being a AAA now is that you're here when they're getting that first call up is that the long-term goal for you i recognize this is the, a bigger conversation and there's still more that we'll talk about but by reaching the big leagues like the players yeah i mean i always tell them that too that you know you're not the only person trying to get promoted in yeah. some form of fashion i've always been very go with the flow so obviously getting in the big leagues would be awesome it'd be a big goal of mine but there's also a lot of other opportunities uh, in and out of baseball that uh, would suit my skills very very well so I'm just trying to get better year by year uh, learn a couple different things uh, get along with the players and seeing where it takes me down the road I don't really have any set plans to sure. be honest with you <laughs> yeah, that's that's good if there are fans that arrive to the field early maybe if they're here 20 30 minutes before first pitch chances are you're one of the first people that come out of the clubhouse take me through on the field you're the one out there kind of working with the players to help get them the, the position players that is get them stretched out loose and ready for a game in that time leading up to the game those 15 20 minutes take me through what you're doing with the players I usually like to keep it pretty loose yeah um, so uh, but also I like to give them maybe one or two things that they need to, to remind themselves of yeah. um, but I like to kind of just have a conversation with them seeing how they're feeling um, and then depending on if we did or didn't have batting practice outside making sure that they really get their legs loose offering any sort of stretching I'll have a couple foam rollers bands different resources there for them to get loose uh, but I like to just check in with the guys and then just motivate them we all some of the players I have handshakes with yeah. uh, some of them will just say a funny joke or a funny one-liner uh, Stone will come check in and and we'll talk through it all as well um, so it's just making sure kind of being the supervisor of what's going on at this level there's not much because these guys guys have really really good routines coming down from the lower levels just being there to for any any of their needs really yeah you mentioned you were with the Burlington Royals in 2019 how different is the rookie level to AAA with what you're doing it's a it's a massive jump and so there's definitely an adaptation period um, because as you may know I went from essentially rookie ball to AAA um, due to the pandemic um, and and some changes in staff Uh, so I, I had quite a bit jump and a lot of learning to do uh, but I like to learn on the fly, and I'd like to think it didn't take me that long to learn. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the lower levels, it's really about building habits, building routines, explaining to the players why they need to do it. Um, and the better you do that at the lower levels, the easier uh, our job at AA, AAA, and the big leagues get because they're fully bought into that. Everyone in the Royals organization is working together. So you're communicating with the folks in the big league staff, I'd imagine, and CJ down in AA as well? Correct. Those are probably uh, the two different levels that I have the most conversations with, um, especially the big leagues with the amount of transactions that happen. Uh, I probably text them every day, uh, if not every second day. CJ will be usually when there's transactions and me and CJ get along great. Uh, so sometimes we'll just talk about something crazy that happened, funny that happened in our in the game or in, a, in the daily life. Um, we also have coordinators, assistant coordinators in Arizona. And so they like to be aware of things. And I think it's important for them to know uh, what's going on. So we'll have conversations with, uh, with them as well. And they have access to everything that we do on a daily basis. I guess he has a beard now, but would you and CJ share any mustache grooming tips with each other last year? No, no, I, I only had my mustache. I used to do it only for November, yeah. so November only. And then this year I decided I was just going to keep it. And I think I have a better mustache than him, so I don't want to reveal my secrets, but he definitely has me in the beard department. That's true, yeah. I I like seeing the players be able to, I guess, 
for lack of a better word, express their personality a little more? No, it's fun. There's just another element of, of things we can talk yeah. about and, and joke around. And I think that's cool because, I mean, especially with what you're doing, you're really getting to see their personalities. You're seeing them in a very different setting than when they're on the field, I think. No doubt. I think we this gets brought up a lot of times in baseball or in, and even in a lot of different sports where the support staff, whether that's the medical side of things, strength and conditioning, we get to see them and we get to know them probably better than anyone else. Um, even even Mike B., the our uh, clubhouse manager, we have conversations about uh, their daily lives, and we spend quite a bit of time with them. Um, so it, it brings a different element uh, that's very useful to the baseball staff, too, because we can kind of bring it all full circle. If they need sort of information, obviously not nothing personal, yeah. but um, how are these guys doing? We were able to answer those questions for them. What do you think is the most challenging part of your job? Um, at this level, I would say it's managing the different backgrounds and personalities, as you know, we have players that come from different organizations, players that are in their mid-30s, players that are in their early 20s. And so everyone comes with different knowledge, experiences, opinions, uh, and being able to kind of bring them back together to a common goal or to what we think is going to be the most productive for them. Um, it requires a lot of conversations, a lot of patience, a lot of flexibility, I guess, to kind of be able to meet them halfway early on. And then try to explain them over time. Okay, this is why we think this would be more beneficial for you. A lot of people at AAA think they have it figured out. And that's completely normal because they're part of an elite group. But we'd like to be able to provide them a little bit more and take them to that next step. And each player, their strength and conditioning plan is pretty individualized, right? I don't know if you'd find two players that are doing the same stuff over the course of a month. Yeah, we take a lot of time into individualizing their program based on a series of assessment we do in the spring and that we continue doing throughout the year. There's obviously some commonalities because there are things that work. Sure. And so the things that work, you want to be able to give that out to most of the guys. But if you look at the body types and the physical qualities of the athletes on our team, everyone is different. Yeah. I mean, we have some big guys, some smaller guys, some speed guys, some power guys. And so they need they need different things. And uh, I'd like to think that through the conversations and um, through trial and error, we figured out what works for them. To the degree that you can share, what are some of those things that generally work for a lot of people or a lot of players that you try and make sure everyone is doing? Yeah, I mean, it, that's the boring stuff yeah. that if you've read any sort of strength and conditioning or fitness book is usually what comes up. It's yeah. not the Instagram video or, or the crazy blog or the fad of the week um, it's usually strength training yeah. lifting a reasonable amount of weight uh, consistently across a season uh, that ensures that guys stay healthy yeah. and that's really my biggest goal is to make sure that these guys stay healthy on and off the field if I can achieve that I've done a big part of my job uh, now if we can get them better yeah. at what they do that's just bonus for me that's yeah. just the gravy you know squats pull-ups um, lunges, rows. That's that's really yeah. it. To be honest with you, a lot of people probably get disappointed when they hear that. But there's <laughs> no. there's no magic pill. To sure. be honest, that makes sense. What is your role like in the off season? Are how much are you keeping in contact with the, the folks from the Royals or the players? How is your off season different than in season? Yeah, so I'll spend quite a bit of time in Arizona, or I have in the past, and so I'm working at the complex with some of our rehab. Uh, players that are still hurt trying to get back on the field for next spring training uh, or some of the 
uh, players that live in Arizona or that decide to live in Arizona for the off season that want access to our, our facility. And so I'll spend a little bit of time in the weight room there. Uh, every morning we have a small group of guys and it's really enjoyable. It's a little bit of a lower pace, but at the same time, we're writing programs for all our athletes in the off season. Uh, so I'll spend a little bit of time doing that. And we have help from all the other strength coaches as well. So it's definitely not uh, just me doing that. But then we'll split our groups or our, our athletes into groups and we'll be making sure to communicate with them every week or second week, uh, asking them if they have any questions about the programs, asking how it's going on various departments, whether they're throwing program, their hitting progression, uh, their running progressions, and just checking in uh, their body weight, their nutrition, making sure that they come in spring training uh, in the best place that they can be. Yeah. And once that's taken care of, usually early December, I get a little bit of time off. Uh, so I really enjoy traveling, spending time with family, yeah. uh, doing things that probably don't have much to do with baseball. Well, that's okay. I mean, and that's part of what I what I want to get into now, some of the, the stuff away from your current role. What's the best trip you've taken in the last few years? Oof, that's a tough one. I, I'll name two. Sure. And then we can go off of there. But I went to Southeast Asia in Ooh. 2019 after my first year. So I visited Thailand. Cambodia and Laos for five to six weeks by yeah. myself. It was wow. a backpacking trip. I just wanted to, you know, take the jump overseas, see what it's all about. Yeah. I had a couple of friends that had been, um, and I'd heard it was a, a life-changing experience. So was it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you could say so. It was. It was a lot of fun. I saw some things I never thought I'd see, yeah. and the weather there and the nature is is beautiful. So that was a lot of fun. And then this past season, I went to Portugal. Ooh. Yep. So that was a lot of fun as well. I had heard again, it's usually word of mouth, but uh, people saying it's a beautiful place to travel, uh, not too expensive for Europe. You can do it in about, you know, as little as 10 days. If you have more time, then you, you might as well. But yeah. um, so, so going out there during the quiet season of Portugal in the summer, apparently it's crazy busy. Yeah. Uh, but being able to go there in late November, early December during the World Cup uh, oh, as well. Yeah. Was, was an amazing experience. Awesome. Yep. Do you have a, another trip planned, whether it's this off season in the future? Where's the next place you want to go? I have a couple. I'm always looking out for, for things to do. I'd like to go to Costa Rica at Ooh, some point. Yeah. I'd like to go to Australia at some point. Um, so those are probably the next two, yeah. but I don't know when they're going to happen. We'll That's find okay. out. So you're from Canada. Take me through your upbringing. What were you into as a kid? What sports were you watching or, or playing? What were some of those formative years like? Yeah, one of the reasons I became a strength coach is because I was probably somewhat of a failed athlete myself. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, or I, I don't know if I was a failed athlete, but I was probably more of, of a jack of all trades where I like to thin my toes into different sports, uh, see how good I was, challenge myself. Um, and so. My main sport was probably hockey, Okay. but I played a little bit of volleyball. I did some cross-country running, dabbled into some wrestling, um, played some lacrosse, uh, played like most kids soccer really, really young as well. And I really enjoyed every sport um, and, and it really became part of my philosophy as far as developing athletes, not baseball players. And I really wanted to dive deeper into that. And so from a youngish age, I knew I wanted to, to be part of a sport team in some uh, form or fashion and looking into the different steps that I needed to take to be able to do that. Um, so going to school, I went, uh, my undergrad was in my hometown in Ottawa in kinesiology. Uh, and then understanding through that, that I probably needed a master's as well to really help a team out. I moved cross country to Calgary, Alberta, uh, to do my master's again in kinesiology. Um, and, and from there it was a little bit of hard work, a little bit of luck and found myself in the United States. Where have you worked prior to being with the Kansas city Royals? 
So in my undergrad, I did an internship with a um, major junior hockey team. Um, so they are essentially players that are very similar to the minor leagues. They're yeah. trying to take the next step. They're not getting paid at that level. It's a little bit different, but pretty good players. And through a contact, I was able to land that internship, which was an amazing experience and confirmed really that I wanted to work in a team setting. At the same time, I was working in a, uh, a gym called Greco. Uh, back home and it's a little bit like circuit training but they did a lot of hockey uh, training as well and a couple of different sports so that was really my first experience of having to write programs by myself um, and and leading different group of clients uh, to their goals and when I got to Calgary I worked in a gym called Crash Conditioning, which was a, a private facility, again, mostly focused on hockey, but I really got my first exposure into training baseball athletes at, uh, at that location as well, which was really good because I came into uh, the Royals a little bit more comfortable that way. Yeah. And again, at the same time, landed an internship with the Calgary Flames, which was probably a life-changing move for me, sure. getting to, to work with true professional athletes in a sport. And their strength and conditioning coach, uh, Ryan Van Asten, was a big help for me, both as far as learning, uh, different skills, how to act in the weight room, uh, and also an amazing reference, obviously. Yeah. Why the jump to baseball? I really liked the opportunities that presented themselves in baseball. I knew that for me to work in a team, I probably had to move in the United States. And so looking at my different options, I really enjoyed the fact that there was different levels. It was almost like an academy, almost a little bit like a, a soccer academy to, to the whole baseball world where players get drafted fairly young and then they move through the system. And that presents a lot of opportunities. We have 10 to 12 strength coaches just with the Royals. And there's 30 baseball teams, so that presents a lot of opportunities where sure. in hockey at the time there was one to maybe two strength coaches per hockey team, 30 hockey teams, that's 60 to possibly 75 jobs. I figured why not Why not try a different sport? I had also heard that if you can work in baseball, you can work in every other sport because of the different challenges, whether that's playing every day, the travel and working with different cultures as well. Like I said, different age groups, different nationalities, different languages. And so it really prepares you really, really well for a multitude of sports after that. Growing up in Ontario, were you a Blue Jays fan? Yeah, I, I started following baseball a little bit later, probably when the Blue Jays started being a little better. Yeah. Um, and me and my couple, a couple of my friends started watching their games. We would take day trips or weekend trips to Toronto. It was about four and a half hours away. Uh, so we'd leave early in the morning, either catch a day game or a night game, and then sometimes make the drive back that same oh. night but it was always worth it a lot of really good memories from that how is strength and conditioning in baseball going to be different than hockey on a day-to-day -day basis uh, there's a big emphasis on the upper extremity health in baseball whereas in hockey it's most likely lower body hip and low back they're obviously running on the field as opposed to skating yeah. um, and so that brings a lot of hamstring issues and, and lower body issues on that side of things but I hadn't really heard of a hamstring injury in hockey to be honest yeah. with you and now that's the most common injury in baseball there's a lot less contact as well so although there are concussions in baseball they're probably a lot less likely uh, than they are to happen in hockey but as far as population th they're pretty similar the this type of banter that happens in a clubhouse and in a hockey yeah. dressing room is is very similar yeah so I, I've really enjoyed myself and I, I felt like I fit right in as soon as I started what were your expectations going into that first year in Burlington? Did you have an idea of what you were getting yourself into? I mean, the Appalachian League, you're kind of dipping your toes into professional baseball. Very different than a full AAA season. I, I don't know. It's almost like a blur at this point. Yeah. I'd like to think that I'm very adaptable, very flexible. And so I was ready for the challenge. But some of the players
Raiders will bring back some things that happened that year, and I'm like, I don't even remember. So uh, I was probably just running like a, a chicken with his heads cut off. I'd like to think I did a, an okay job. Uh, I wanted to learn as much as possible. We had some uh, tremendous staff members that helped me during extended spring training and even during spring training. People I could rely on during the, the season as well give a call, shoot a text message if I had any questions. And luckily for me, the athletic trainer was Brad Grolo, who's now in high A, and it was his first year as a staff member as well. So I think we just both said, okay, let's let's try to figure this thing out together. Yeah, that's a, it's a league where there's smaller towns, there are smaller hotels, smaller stadiums. Looking back at that, how how rewarding or how important do you think it was to be able to start at a at a low minor league level? How appreciative are you of it, considering that you're in AAA now? Yeah, there's uh, like I said, I didn't have many expectations. Yeah, I was just rolling with the punches at that point. But looking back, the way you get treated here is completely different. And yeah. people that have been to the big leagues say it's it's another massive step as yeah. well, right? So it's just being where. Uh, able to to know where you are, be where your feet are, enjoy every moment and, and make the best out of every situation and not get distracted by, by anything else that's going on. You know, we're in rookie ball. This is going to be my apartment for the season. This is going to be my clubhouse. We're going to, we're going to make do. Sure. Um, so we, we used to have to go to a, a training facility that was outside of, of our baseball field. We were completely cool with it. You yeah. know, we had a lot of really, really good moments in, in that area and the staff was, was really nice to let us use it, but it definitely makes it a lot easier when now you have a weight room at your facility. So you spent a year in Burlington in 2019. All of a sudden in 2021, you're in AAA with Omaha. Take me through that jump. You were supposed to be in Northwest Arkansas in 2020, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, so originally after the season, they sat me down and they said, we really like the work that you did. We'd like you to come back um, and we're going to try to get you a full-time position with the Lexington Legends, okay. which were at the time the uh, the low-A affiliate of the Royals. And I was really, really happy uh, getting a full-time position, knowing that I was moving up and that they appreciated my work. Uh, and I was probably going to have a lot of the, sim- the same players, which uh, made me feel really comfortable. Two weeks before spring training, I got a call. I was fully prepared to go to Lexington, but I got a call from our coordinator saying we've had some movement in the staff. Uh, one of our staff members is, is going to be leaving, and that opens up the spot for AA. Would you be interested in it? took about five minutes for me to say, yeah, I just had to figure out where Arkansas was going to be and yeah. if I could, who else was going to be the staff where I'd have to reach out if I wanted to find someone to, yeah. to live with. But I thought that was an amazing opportunity in my career. So I accepted it and came into spring training looking forward to being in double A. But unfortunately with the pandemic that, that spring never happened. wasn't very long. No, yeah. I, I was there pretty early. Okay. I believe I went there, you know, early February okay. and whatnot. Yeah. Get get a hold of yourself, figure out what how the season's gonna go. I like yeah. to go there fairly early as well. That makes sense. Um so I, I probably had a little bit more time compared to yeah. some some other people. But yeah, what it was the, the actual spring training wasn't wasn't very long. And then just the natural progression of the position to open up in, in AAA for the twenty twenty one season? Correct. Yeah. We again the pandemic and uh, the contraction uh, opened up another opportunity. I ended up staying in Arizona during the pandemic and working. Uh, we got an approval from Major League Baseball to have some of mostly our Venezuelan players that uh, could not go back home. So we were working out with them outside in little groups of four. Me and some other strength coaches that were there, uh, especially Phil Falco, yeah. will always bring those moments back because we would spend an hour and a half with four athletes and then have another group of four. And we're outside with masks, the, the whole deal. And some of the local players, some of the injured players as well. So we we had probably a group of 20 to 30 athletes uh, staying in Arizona that whole summer. With that, once things started opening up, they ended up having a camp in Kansas City yeah. uh, for some of 
our high-level prospects and some of the players that had been at the alternate site during that whole summer. We were playing games, probably played 20 to 30 games in the month of October. And they asked me if I wanted to go help out there, which was an amazing opportunity to see Kauffman Stadium and work, like I said, to, uh, with some pretty good baseball players. Something that you know, it was a big jump for me right there. We had, I had some of the players that had been with me in Burlington, but most of uh, the other athletes were fairly new to me. I'd seen them in spring yeah. training the year before, but not many interactions. And I'd like to think I did a pretty good job because after that, like I said, with the contraction, we had to change some of our staff members and there was a position in, in AAA available for me. What was your first impression of James Stone when you got to meet him? Yeah, if I remember correctly, my first year... And I, I still believe he does that to some extent. He kind of likes to test you a little bit yeah. um, and see how you're going to react to it. So in 2019, hadn't necessarily worked with him, but I remember some of the comments. And because my name is probably different than most people have heard, they would try to try to say my name in some, in some funny ways. Uh, but it was always in good fun. And like I told you earlier, I think we do uh, the good cop, bad cop yeah. fairly well. And so I remember him being probably a little more serious early on. We have a really, really good relationship, good. our two departments, and so I, I don't have any problems with them. You bring up your name. How many different ways have you heard your name pronounced? Too many. <laughs> too many. But it's it's all fun. And whenever they ask me, okay, let's sit down and figure out how to say your name, I just tell them to not worry about it. Just no. say how you want to say it. But um, it is Yannick Plant. Yeah. Yeah. You, for, you, for there's a little English, hesitation. How would English, you say it? It's Yannick. Okay. Yannick Plant. Okay. But for English-speaking folks. Us uncultured um, Americans. No, no, not necessarily. I think my name uh, is just a little, a little more challenging. Yeah. Uh, but I think in baseball, people are used to it because we have people from Venezuela who have names that we've probably never heard before. And so they'll they'll have nicknames for themselves and, and this and that, anything to, to yeah. figure it out. So did you grow up speaking both English and French around the house? French was my first language. Okay. Um, yeah. Both my parents speak French, and so we would speak French around the house. The early exposure to English was my sport teams. I come from a very bilingual city, uh, so I'd have some French friends, some English friends, but I went to a French high school. I did my university in French as well. I probably only got decently good at English once I moved to Calgary and okay. uh, I was doing my master's where that was where that was only in English. Uh, and so I had to, to force myself to really, really work on it every day. I couldn't get around it. Yeah. Is there a bond between... There are a few Canadians in the organization. I don't think there are too many. Is there, is there a little bit of an extra bond? I know Scott Thorman, the Storm Chasers manager last year from Canada. Is What's the bond like with you guys? Yeah, I remember him wanting to meet me early on. There's so many people in spring training, but uh, he made the point to, to come find me, introduce himself and ask me where I was from and so that was I thought that was really special it could yeah. kind of keep me grounded and, and bring me back home whenever I needed to if we wanted to talk about uh, something really really Canadian like yeah. bagged milk <laughs> or anything <laughs> maple syrup whatever yeah. it is there's a couple of other players as well um, and so we'll talk about any sort of international events like the yeah. World Cup. We were rooting for Canada while everyone else is watching. Yeah, were you streaming. watching the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, I was. Like, I was yeah. really hoping we'd do a little better, but I think we we um, we showed a couple of really good things. I think we have a lot of exciting young players yeah. as well. And so it, it could have have it, it could have been different, you know, yeah. but that's why you play the game. And so all the credit goes to, to all the teams that beat us. Would you be open to doing something like the World Baseball Classic down the road? Absolutely. I've talked to Tony Medina, yeah. who uh, usually helps out there. And I, I told him that it, it was probably my fault, but I 
didn't really connect the dots as to there's a world baseball classic they might need a strength and conditioning coach from canada and this and that and so reaching out to different people whether that's our front office or someone that helps out with baseball canada is probably something i'll want to do down the road but it, it didn't happen this time yeah, around. That's all right. We'll, we'll be ready for it next year. Thor's from a close to Toronto. Correct. Right. Have you guys ever met up in the off season or anything? So after that Kansas City camp, we uh, drove back to Canada together. Okay. And so I saw where he peeled off on the road because yeah. I was following him and kind of got an idea of uh, where he lived. And usually in December, it didn't happen this past year, but previous years, I went to his uh, cabin, okay. which is about halfway between Toronto and Ottawa, and we'll do some uh, some ice fishing, some four wheeling uh, in the in the freezing weather. But it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, he, he's a cool dude. Yeah, he's he's really funny. I had a lot of fun yeah. working with him last year and uh, getting to know him and knowing how I can poke him. It's always about finding the each individual's weak spot. That's yeah. that's what I like to do. Absolutely. So ice fishing, four wheeling. What else are you doing in your free time away from work? Um, I like to mountain bike. So usually in Arizona, there's some, some beautiful sure. spots. I'll, I'll take it out mountain biking. Uh, like I told you, I like working on myself. Uh, I like to catch up with some of my friends back home. I'll give a shout out to my buddy, Mark, who just had a kid this morning, actually. Yeah. So wow. yeah, crazy. How about that? So that's our, our first friend from, from my group of friends. That's now a dad. Yeah. And that's both exciting and terrifying sure. at the same time. No um, pressure on the next one. Yeah. Well, I think I know who it is, but I won't reveal it yet. He probably knows too. So, so yeah, catching up with my friends is really important. I have a lot of childhood friends that still live in Canada. Uh, my brother as well is still back there. And so making a little bit of time for them uh, for me is really, really important because if I don't, I feel like I'm, I'm lost being so far away from them. So that's that's mostly it, I'd say. Reading, catch, you know, I like yeah. to uh, wake up in the morning, do my crossword, read up on some sports. Is it articles. the crosswords seem big in the clubhouse? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've crossword in Sudoku. Sudoku, I I enjoy Sudokus. I don't do them yeah. every day, but I'm the one responsible for printing them out for the guys. I was wondering who did that. Yeah, okay. yeah that's my yeah. job. It's probably one of my most important jobs yeah. of the day. If I don't do it, they'll they'll get angry at me. But uh, I do the crossword as soon as I roll out of bed, and then. Me and some other uh, guys, former players that I've had and even current players will compare the time it took for us to, to get it done. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I have I started last year or no, even two years ago. And I can't tell you that I've missed a single day in Portugal. I would do them. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. There's a real level of commitment there. Yeah, that's, that's an important level of commitment. How important is it to be able to find those things away from directly work both during the season and out of the season because baseball's a grind you're playing essentially every day for six months and then there's spring training or there's I know you worked in the fall league um instructs other winter camps whatever it may be how important is it to find those little things over the course of a year just to help balance life out yeah it, it's it's crucial makes coming to work that much better yeah. because you you can appreciate both sides of it so I think I'd be pre pretty miserable if I only thought of baseball yeah. and I stayed at the yard 24 hours a day we already spend uh, most of our day here so waking up in the morning and giving yourself a couple of things to do I think is is crucial and helps uh, mentally and physically. I don't know how some people do it if they don't have yeah. external hobbies, to be honest with you. Last thing I'll ask before I let you go, again, really appreciate the time and glad we were able to sit down here on the Stormcast. One thing you most enjoy about in the United States that you don't have in Canada, and then one thing that you miss from Canada here in the United States. Wow, that's pretty tough. I can tell you that I miss... Well, I always get to go back, but I miss the winters. Sure. So um, it sounds a little crazy. I mean, it it's does, so that yeah. I miss the freezing no. weather, but there's a lot of really fun winter activities. Um, back home, we have 
um, this place called the Rideau Canal, and it's in the middle of downtown. Um, they freeze it over, and it's the largest skating rink in the world. That's cool. um, so you can skate down with a group of friends. There's some hot chocolate stands, some food stands, and there's like festivals going around all the time. So that's usually a fun activity. Going skiing, yeah. I really enjoy that as well. I don't um, know if this is a dumb question. Is ice skating in Ottawa like the equivalent of like learning to ride a bike for like a kid in California? You'll still ride a bike as yeah. well. Yeah, there's just, yeah, uh, there's definitely some comparisons that that need to be yeah. made there. Uh, I have some friends, or they're probably not my friends yeah. anymore because they don't know how to skate. But I, I know people that but most yeah. everyone knows how to skate. M- most people do, I yeah. would say, to to some level. Yeah. I've um, tried it; has not been successful. Well, you're not my friend there. No, that's <laughs> tough. Um, and that'll do it for this episode. <laughs> this, no. um, yeah. As far as yeah. what I enjoy about the states. That's a really good question. Um, it probably goes along the same lines, but I like I like the the weather and the differences in weather from one area of the states to the other. There's some beautiful spots, California, Florida, that we don't get in Canada, right? Yeah. Um, Seattle's another beautiful area I'd like to visit. And so just with its sheer size, the different landscapes, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty big nature guy, so I'm enjoying yeah. seeing different areas. And the amount of people that are here creates a lot of opportunities, too. Yeah. Um, and a lot of really, really cool cities like Nashville and New York City, yeah. um, which are different landscapes in, than what we have in, in Canada. So that would probably be my answer. Okay. But I'm sure if you gave me more time, I could come up but with I was thinking of like up. foods or something like that, but that, that was way deeper well, than I was expecting. Well, right? yeah, I don't know. I, I appreciate I, it. I mean, I could say poutine in Canada. That's, that's, a, that's a classic, yeah. but you can only have that so much. Yeah. You know, I look that's forward fair. to it when I go back home because I hadn't had it in a while, and yeah. then I probably don't touch it again the rest of the off season. Sure. Um, as far as foods that are in the States, I, no, I don't. I think they're they're pretty standard. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty similar countries from a from a food standpoint no doubt large well yannick really appreciate the time glad we were able to sit down and do this good to get inside your brain a little bit get to know you better and hopefully we're able to sit down again soon and catch up let's do it thank you so much again this has been the stormcast the official podcast of the omaha storm chasers presented by the sarpy county chamber of commerce for yannick blot i'm nick batters and we'll see you next time on the stormcast presented by the sarpy county chamber of commerce everyone get on your feet stir up the storm